everybody and welcome to another episode of Merlo and Me. I'm your host Linda Kamau and today I'm sharing a drink with Ruby. Hi guys, I'm back again. If you don't recognize my voice, it means you didn't listen to the first episode. Oh, no, sorry, the second one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I'm back again and I hope you guys go back and listen if you haven't listened to the other one. But yeah, it's good yeah. to be back again. How you doing, Ruby? Like, how's how's life been since... I guess it was May that <laughs> we lasted that we lasted this. Yeah, um, life's been it's been okay up up and down. Really, I can't complain. But yeah, it's been okay. Well, this week is a very special episode because we're diving into a very loaded topic. I think this is something I haven't I personally haven't heard at the podcast talk about this, but. I don't really listen to medical podcasts, but today we're talking about chronicle, eh, chronicle. Today we're talking about chronic illnesses and the impact they have on the people that have them, as well as the people around them, and how everybody else can help and educate themselves. So, yeah, before we get into all that, we have to introduce the wine. Today we're drinking 19 Crimes. It's a Shiraz. If you're not aware, a Shiraz is a Australian wine. I picked this because you know Ruby's been living in Australia, and it just fitted the it fitted the theme of the episode. So I thought, why not? I do like. I've had this before, so I do like it. But yeah, have you ever had a Shiraz, Ruby? First of all, what is a Shiraz? I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny because. It's actually the most popular Australian grape. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. But you know, I'm not a wine person. True, 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 true. That's fair. That's valid. That's valid. But yeah, I think red. Sorry, is it white wine or red? No, it's red wine. It's a red okay. wine brand. Yeah, I don't think. But as we learned in a previous episode, so I know you haven't been listening, that you can make white wine out of red wine grapes. You just have oh, to clean the skin. Yeah, you just have oh, to. I, I heard that. that. Sorry, it was the one with um Caesar, is it? I think so. I don't even remember. <laughs> it was, there's been a lot of episodes. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Basically, what makes it red is contact to the skin. And that also increases the tannin. So hey, we're still learning. We're learning, we're growing. What? We're loving. It, inc- it increases the tannin. Hmm. What the heck is a tannin? It's... <laughs> It's one of the characteristics of wine. So it's a it's a quality or a characteristic of wine that's derived from the contact the grape has with well the the contact the the, the juice the grape juice has <laughs> with the skins of the wine. So how long you keep the skins in while you're mm-hmm. fermenting the wine, and that's what determines like the dryness versus the sweetness of the wine. So, yep, and also the color. It's what makes it darker. What seriously? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's actually interesting. I, I never knew wine was so like in depth. Yeah, there's <laughs> levels to this shit. Oh, it's not juice. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I used to think that it's just like dead ass. I used to think that people would go and step on grapes and ta-da, you have wine, and then I... <laughs> no. Step one. <laughs> That's step one of very many. I used to think that you know the different names. Like I only knew like a pin pinot noir. Is that is that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like a marlot. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was like fancy, like 
not like brands, not even like types of women. I thought there were brands. Yeah. So I know people are saying um all of these like weird. I don't know, but I was just like, huh? Like it doesn't make any sense. It's just wine. But this podcast has really like educated me on that. So that's quite interesting. Yeah, actually, when I was doing some research for the previous episode, you should guys you guys should go listen to that. <laughs> Basically, what I discovered was that there more than 10,000 grape varieties huh 10,000 ruby are you serious 10,000 <laughs> so i don't know who's making all this way <laughs> but they don't always use not all of them are used like for their own specific type like like yeah. shiraz will make its own wine but like sometimes i think there are some grapes that are less popular so they're used in blends as opposed to as a standalone mm. wine which makes sense but still 10,000 is a lot <laughs> it's wow. a lot it's it's a lot of it's a lot of grapes crazy no is there a way to like differentiate how they look because like i'm just yeah. i'm sure i'm sure like if you're like an expert you'd be able to tell just by looking yeah. at them because i know they also have different colors like that, it's not just green and red like some yeah. of them are like pink some of them pink. are like a Yeah, like if you if you really look into it, they have like they have like a variety of colors. Like some of them like like really look yellow even. What? So, yeah, and also another thing I discovered was that um the grapes that we eat, like when you buy grapes at the supermarket, it's not the same type of grapes that are used for wine. Okay. That's another <laughs> type of grape. Can you imagine? Like so many types of grapes. Oh, like who then one day determined like yeah this grape is for eating and this one is for making wine like how is that even like how do you conclude that like so the, huh? <laughs> so the reason, <laughs> i think the reason we eat the other ones is because they're bigger than yeah. wine grapes and the reason that those are those wine ones are better for making wine is because they have thicker skins So oh. again back to that tan in fact <laughs> you need you need that contact with the skin so you know it's it's a full circle it, yeah it wraps up eventually but yeah it's it's a very complicated process like i think in the future i would like to have a guest who has like a vineyard or works at a vineyard that would be so cool just yeah. everything like <laughs> um wineries in, in australia and unfortunately i have never been to one but like usually go like wine tasting and they tell you all of these things yeah yeah i feel like every time i've been to a vineyard i was a child <laughs> well, i wasn't a child but i was not old enough to really understand what i was being taught <laughs> so okay yeah like i went i went to one in south africa but i think i was like 13 so i had no business being yeah. there. i didn't even taste the wine I don't think I think they let us taste like a little bit but we didn't like do a, a proper wine tasting because <laughs> we were kids. And I'm like why would you arrange for this? <laughs> going to ask the same question like what was your purpose of being there? <laughs> so it was like a school trip and then they had an excursion. To, I think the teachers wanted to have a wine tasting. <laughs> they were like oh we have to be with these stupid kids. <laughs> so yeah, it was a happy compromise. I mean I learned something but I didn't didn't get to enjoy the experience properly. So I yeah. Would, I'd like to go to one. They actually have one in Kenya. Like a vine is it vineyard or vineyard whatever. I think it's a vineyard. Well, so in Kenya. Yeah, yeah. Like for that Leleshwa 
Rand. They, I think their vineyard is in Rift Valley or like Nevasha or something. I'd have to double check, but they do have one. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so that's your homework. Can you go to the <laughs> I don't know why I said it makes sense because it doesn't because I don't know anything about like grapes and stuff. But yeah, I'll, I'll Google it and then I'll come back to you. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, back to the wine of this week. So yeah, this is a Shiraz. It's an Australian wine and it's, oh, I have to taste it. I forgot. <laughs> That's the point. We're supposed to drink it. So, yeah, if you're... If you're at home and you have a glass or if you're like Ruby and you're on Zoom or whatever, just go ahead and pour a glass of water, of wine, of tea, whatever. I'll pour cheers to water because unfortunately I couldn't find. So the cheers on this end. Yeah, we'll cheers with water. That's good enough. A drink is a drink, isn't it? Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Oh. What yes. does it do? It's so good. Okay, I know it's not sweet because from our last <laughs> conversation, you don't like ones, and I'm kind of offended. <laughs> How do you think I felt after inviting you to a wine podcast? You're telling me you like sweet wine. That's not okay. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, but yeah, this <laughs> this one is. It's not. It's not like that dry. Like I would say, it's like semi dry. Like. Yeah. On the, it has it's very full like it has like a full body and you wait what, what does that mean like it's it's, it's like a lot of flavor it's thick oh, oh. <laughs> it's wine soup that's what it is. <laughs> cream of grape that's what it is <laughs> yeah no, no yeah it's it's like it has a lot of like fruits like i can definitely taste like i don't know maybe plums <laughs> i don't know there's grapes yeah. in there for sure but yeah um it's it's a it's a bit dry, but it still ha- it has like a sweet aftertaste if that makes sense. So I think you'd yeah. enjoy. I'll go look for it. No, yeah. I feel like I'm feeling formal because I can't taste it. Yeah, and it's actually nighttime for you. I'm here drinking. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So it says a Shiraz is full-bodied with high alcohol and vibrant berry and plum on both the nose and the palate. So it even yeah. smells like plum. Do you like plums? I, I don't like plums like as a fruit, but in wine, I guess I like them. What? No, I love plums. There's some that are a bit bitter. Yeah, that's why I don't I, like them. I like it. I like it. Yeah, they have, like in the US, they have these big ass plums, like the size of an apple. What? They're so big. And I'm like, I don't understand how you're telling me this grew out of a regular tree. Do they grow on trees? I don't even know. Do they grow in bushes? Actually, I don't know. <laughs> maybe i should start a fruit a fruit and vegetable podcast and learn more about these things is, is this new fruit i know we're going off on a tangent but like this, no, this <laughs> it's called broccolini and i'm like what the hell is a broccolini <laughs> what i don't know what the heck it is like it looks like broccoli but it's like not a broccoli so they called it broccolini so i don't know if it's like man-made or if it's natural yeah. I'm gonna Google the broccolini. I've never heard of it. Like, I, you guys, like, is it just? Oh, okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it it literally just looks like broccoli. I don't, I don't see the difference. I've definitely eaten this before. Called like collini, like cauliflower, but like collini. I, (laughs) I don't know what these veggies are. 
Oh my god, where are these things coming from? <laughs> flower, romaine, broccolini. Oh my god, that's too many things. That's too many. Things. What happens? What happened to the days where it was just skumawiki and cabbage, and that was it? <laughs> that was after before we left Kenya to come and study because some of these vegetables <laughs> I knew only when I came to Australia. Yeah. Okay, not like broccoli and cauliflower because we have that in Kenya, but like other ones like like silver beets, like there's something called silver beet. I'm like, what the hell is a silver beet? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I don't even want to Google. It sounds gross. <laughs> right? Silver beet. Is it like a like a regular beet? Like the, like the red ones? No, it's not even a beet. That's the thing. Because I went shopping once and I saw silver beet. It's like spinach, the way spinach looks. What? I don't know why it's called silver beet. Yeah, but it, like I think it has like a red stem, you know, like the, the spinach in Kenya, the way yeah. it looks. You know, that's the other thing. It has, yeah. it has the it has red instead of white. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think I know what you're talking about. So, I also discovered that I think maybe in Kenya, we I don't know if it's us who are saying them wrong, <laughs> or if it's America yeah. that is wrong. I'm gonna say America is wrong because Kenya is Kenya, <laughs> but <laughs> basically, this nini, what we call spinach. And what we eat in spinach is not actually spinach it's swiss chard that's the oh, name because yeah i've been go- i've been like cooking a lot so i was looking for like spinach and every time i go to the spinach i'm like this is not what i was this is not the- <laughs> right <laughs> yeah and then when i see what i'm looking for i read the label and it's like swiss chard and i'm like what <laughs> is- have i been calling it the wrong name for my whole life i don't know maybe but yeah enough of this vegetable tangent let's get back to the actual chronic illnesses that we're here to discuss so ruby do you know the actual definition of a chronic illness or chronic disease i know like a bit uh-huh. i know that it's like um it has to be persistent or like long lasting um and then it has to have like physical demands on the person as well but i don't know like the exact definition yeah. When I when I googled it, it said chronic diseases are broadly defined mm-hmm. <clears throat> as conditions that last one year or more and require ongoing medical attention, or mm-hmm. that limit activities of daily living, or both. So right. that is that's a long ass definition, first of all, right. for one thing, because that that means it has three possible parts, which is crazy. Well, two yeah. parts. Yeah, and that's that's a loss. But like, there's a couple of common chronic yeah. diseases. Yeah, and I'm just gonna read a quick list for the sake of the listeners because I also didn't know that some of these qualified as chronic diseases. But yeah, the first yeah. one is ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease, Alzheimer's or other dementias arthritis i didn't know that was i mean it makes sense once you hear the definition right yeah but arthritis asthma cancer of course um cystic fibrosis diabetes eating disorders heart disease obesity osteoporosis (laughs) i don't know what that one is but I've seen the ads. <laughs> I've seen the ads. And, yeah, and like kidney disease and all these. There's so many. Like the list is so long. 
yeah i read were just like the ones that are more persistent in people in new york like these are just the most common ones on these ends but the you well actually so the reason i chose to have ruby to discuss this conversation to have this conversation with ruby is because she has a chronic illness specifically sickle cell anemia yeah yeah do you want to do like a quick definition well yeah just a quick definition of what exactly sickle cell is and what it does to you yeah okay so first of all i'll just go into what sickle cell disease is first yeah. of all i hate the disease yeah so i'm trying to avoid, i'm trying to say illness more because yeah. Like, it sounds like you're like you're i don't know tainted or something I, mean, I hate it so mm-hmm. let's just say disorder but just for the sake of this definition i'll say disease okay so like sickle disease specifically is a group of genetic conditions that affect the red blood cells and then sickle cell anemia is one group of disorders that affects the red blood cells so it falls under sickle cell disease if that makes sense oh okay so sickle cell disease affects red blood no. cells no white blood cells. Yeah, yeah yeah that's right like uh-huh. it affects red cells but it's like a group of them so it's like the way you can have um different kinds of hairstyles but they're all fall, fall under the name of hairstyles if oh that makes sense. okay okay yeah, yeah. one hairstyle is like box braid so that's sickle cell anemia i don't know i'm, I'm just trying to make like a a good analogy yeah so sickle cell disease is the bigger title yeah and then uh, anemia is underneath it yes yeah what is there other types of sickle cell then yeah there are i was actually gonna go into that later okay yeah, yeah okay fine <laughs> we, won't, we won't do that now but yeah so who gets sickle cell like and how do you get it like so first okay before saying how mm-hmm. one i'll just go back to say like what exactly happens in sickle cell then i can go into like yeah yeah for sure for sure yeah so like i said it sickle cell anemia is just basically um a disorder that affects the red blood cells specifically the hemoglobin i don't know if i should explain what a hemoglobin is please because <laughs> i've forgotten i dropped biology in year nine so <laughs> go for it So a hemoglobin is basically a protein found inside the red blood cell and that's what's responsible for carrying oxygen. Oh. So like you can think of um so the hemoglobin is what carries the gas and you can think of like a red blood cell as like a car. Mhm. And like inside that car there's a passenger and the passenger is basically the hemoglobin. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's making sense. Sorry. I was just I was yeah. processing that image in my head. Yeah. So the red blood cells are basically like the vehicles for the hemoglobin to transport both oxygen and mm-hmm. and, and carbon dioxide in your body. Mm-hmm. If I'm not I know I know for oxygen but like for carbon dioxide I don't know. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anemia. I'm yeah. usually like i said um the red blood cells so normal red blood cells are usually shaped like a disc cuz so like they're just round i don't know if you've ever seen a picture of yeah i think i've seen it. it's like round and then it's a bit hollow in the middle but not not yeah, like hollow like, but it like sinks yeah. yeah yeah it sinks I've definitely yeah. seen that mm-hmm. that's how like a normal red blood cell is shaped mm-hmm. but 
and and because of that shape it's it's more flexible to move through like to pass through like um blood vessels and stuff but with sickle cell um the red blood cells are um what is the name what's the name i'm forgetting the word <laughs> are deformed yeah that's no. the word yeah so like uh, sharp like they turn into triangles <laughs> what do you mean for you remember when i said that like um red blood cells uh, carry oxygen so mm-hmm. each time the oxygen is released to the tissues and the organs sickle cell anemias red blood cells they turn very fragile and sticky and that's how they get their abnormal shape so their abnormal shape usually like a crescent moon or a banana oh so it like deforms like, like it squeezes in the middle oh, that's interesting yeah so like it, it transports oxygen and as it transports oxygen it becomes fragile and sticky and rigid and then it loses its shape and turns into like that crescent or banana like shape mm-hmm. and then because of that rigidity <laughs> if that's a word um and stickiness it becomes more prone to getting trapped in small blood vessels uh, does it What, cause like clots or can it do that yeah so basically be, picture like something that's very sticky and rigid mm-hmm. so and then because of the shape so they like lock on each other like that then oh. they're sticky on top of that so they get stuck on each other especially like when they're moving through small blood vessels because it's not easy mm-hmm. for them through that um so this blockage usually causes pain and then you can imagine like these restricted blood flow and oxygen so it's kind of like wow that's 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 a lot um so it causes pain and because of the restricted blood flow and oxygen the tissues or organs can be affected okay because they're being of like oxygen mm-hmm. and uh, and blood so that can lead to organ damage and death it <laughs> yeah like it, it gets serious but it also depends on where mm-hmm. but i think generally because obviously your blood flows throughout your entire body it could happen literally anywhere like literally any part of your body could be affected or literally any organ yeah so you said that it causes pain once that once that kind of blockage yeah. starts to happen yeah so, like what what are the other symptoms of this like the pain it's it's like sharp pains like is it like a cramp type pain like you it's throbbing or okay so like i don't know how to explain the pain i actually get this question a lot yeah. you know the way you can tell the difference between an actual wound so like let's say if you cut yourself with a knife mm-hmm. and it hit yourself on wood like if you hit your leg on wood as you were walking mm-hmm. do you know how that those are two very distinct pains yeah so that kind of pain it's a very distinct pain like that varies off of any other pain you felt oh. like i can't describe, i don't know how to describe like the actual pain but like it's it's a very painful <laughs> like it's Weird. very painful yeah i yeah. never thought of it that way because you can't really compare the pain of like stabbing your toe versus like yeah. getting a flesh wound it's very different yeah that makes yeah. sense that actually makes and, sense. And, and, you get people get confused and i'm like i genuinely don't know how to explain it's like asking someone who's never cut themselves and mm. they're asking to explain 
like that feeling of being cut like yeah. i don't know how to explain that it's even like trying to tell like a guy what a, a cramp feels like like a period cramp <laughs> like they, yeah. like you don't know how to like i don't know articulate it because it's not it's not it's not a visible it's not a visual yeah, thing. Exactly. <laughs> internal but yeah that's that's really interesting but yeah now yeah. that you sort of talked about what it is and what it feels like who who gets sickle cell like yeah so um basically sickle cell is found in an africa like in africa like it originated in africa so you found you find that people of african descent mainly get sickle cell but you can also get people who live like in the mediterranean or parts of the middle east i think like if i'm not wrong 80% Anyways, a, a very significant percentage of people who have sickle cell are people of African descent. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. But why? Do you think there's like a um like a oh. geographical reason for that? Actually there is. Mm-hmm. Um some scientists there's actually like a lot of studies being done and if you google it you can see it. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately I don't know like the depth of it so I'm just going to say like what I know. Um mm-hmm. some people it's mainly found in areas where there's malaria so like malaria prone areas oh yeah um and with this mutation so basically sickle cell is a cell mutation um you find that i don't know if like like your body fights off them i don't know what happens but like people with sickle cell can't get mal- malaria so i'm not sure what the link is oh like the, it's an immunity y- yeah somehow immunity with major setbacks of course yeah because you have other conditions to deal with that's crazy so i I looked up um one of the surveys that they did about sickle cell in kenya just because we're both kenyans and in 1990 actually from 1987 to 1990 they did a survey on all the patients that came into the hospitals that had sickle cell and like the statistics they saw was that 77% of these patients were below the age of 15 and yeah. the oldest patient was only 50 years old and it was a lady yeah. so there's that discrepancy between um children and adults who have it which yeah. is why I'm like I'm worried because you just you also mentioned that it can be fatal so do you think that like if like younger kids have it rougher than adults is that is that the case actually yeah so like um you find that in africa mm-hmm. um i don't know if it's specifically sub saharan africa but just africa yeah, in general i think it is sub saharan africa yeah so 50 to 80% of infants born with sickle cell they die before the age of 5 shit that's a very large number i know it's a very young age young like five years old and then um the life expectancy of someone who has sickle cell i think is 47 years old but it's under the age of 50 Mm. yeah but this is like if you go untreated not honestly i don't know um i've met someone with sickle cell who's around 40 something and he has kids and everything Mm. but i'm gonna say like it's a very manageable disease. Like right. it's very well, if you learn your triggers, if you take your medication, mm-hmm. you hydrate and 
you know, do everything. Well, not everything. Sometimes you can do everything right mm. and just get sick. Like it's very unpredictable, but like overall, it's a very manageable disease. That's what I would say. Yeah. I think now back to the same, like on the same thread of like who's getting it. Is it um, like a genetic thing? Is it passed down? It's hereditary. It, it's passed down to the genes. It's genetic. Okay. Um, so I could explain. I don't know if that's necessary. Like, no, you don't need to explain what hereditary means. <laughs> but yeah. Because I mean, oh, like, <laughs> it's good enough. <laughs> I was just basically going to say, um, a genetic could mean like one parent has it and then you got it like let's say from your mom but you need two copies of the gene from each parent to get the disease oh so both yeah. of you have so suppose you had a child with like a man who <laughs> sorry suppose you had a job a job if you had a child with a man who didn't carry the gene but mm-hmm. you do and your parents do or your parents yeah. must have for you to have gotten it will your child get it so um it just basically depends i'll just explain it using letters specifically the letters that they use in like the medical field okay yeah so um basically like i said you need two copies of the gene one from each parent to have the disease mm-hmm. so a normal hemoglobin or like an unaffected hemoglobin mm-hmm. is labeled a like the letter a a for apple and then a sickle cell um gene is labeled as s okay yeah so um there's something known as a genotype which is basically the two letters combined so like i don't know if that makes sense so you get one letter from your mom one letter from your dad and that letters which makes the genotype which which basically determines if you're a sickle cell um if you have sickle cell anemia so Mm -hmm. the AA is basically someone who is unaffected by the disease so they do not carry um the disease at all so they got the letter a from their mom and from their dad mm-hmm. someone has a genotype as has one mutated gene and one normal gene mm-hmm. yeah so someone who has as is basically someone who has the sickle cell trait but not the disease Oh, so they're not, they don't suffer from it, but they do carry the gene. Yeah, so they carry the gene, but they do not suffer. Like, they don't have any symptoms. They're basically, like, normal, but they just carry the gene. Okay. Someone who has SS is basically someone who has sickle cell anemia. So the person who has AS is capable of passing down the gene. So if I, my genotype is SS, if I get a child with someone who is AS, then... Yes, I think. Yeah, but get with someone who has AA, then I don't think I can pass it down. Or like, or like the chances are lowered because they'll be AS then. They'll be AS, or yeah, they'll be AS, so they'll carry the the trait. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. So is it like? Hmm, that's really interesting. yeah i don't even know but yeah like back to that like along the line of that trait is this something that can be detected when you're like a newborn when you're in the womb like how how early can they know that you have this supposing like supposing that i don't know like if if you're aa and you never even thought to get like 
take your blood examined for this for this sort of thing and then you have a, a child with someone who is who has sickle cell how yeah. like how early do you know well i guess yeah. you know i think that that's a bit intuitive because if you do if your partner has it obviously you're going to think about it but yeah. just in general how like suppose two people are as and they didn't know yeah yeah like how early can they tell that kind of thing so usually like in the us like these tests that are like compulsory for um if i'm not wrong i hope i'm not saying the wrong they they'll do that but like there's three different ways that you can find out so there's one way you can find out during pregnancy mm-hmm. like yeah. but this is mainly funded if your child has yeah. um so they'll do like a prenatal test and then which is basically like they'll try to collect collect sorry a sample from the amniotic fluid mm-hmm. and then the test and find out if your child has is ss as aa or whatever and then there's new screen screening they just get a blood sample from the child the infant the newborn sorry to find out what the genotype is yeah um i think that's more accurate after the child yeah. is born yeah and then there's a blood test mm-hmm. that can be done for both children and adults who just don't know their their genotype mm-hmm. um yeah those are the three things that you can do Oh. and this is something you'd go to a specific doctor for or does can your general gp do it honestly i'm not sure like for example if like you you're an adult and you you might not be sure like what your genotype is i'm yeah, not sure if no it specifically good to like a hematologist mm-hmm. hematologist is basically someone who like specifically like works with blood but yeah i'm not sure if it have to go to like a hematologist or like just a general But I think if you just go to the hospital and tell them like yeah I want to find out my genotype then mm. but I'm not I just I genuinely don't know about that. It makes sense though. Yeah. I think if anyone can draw your blood they could probably do the test for you. We need like yeah, a specialist. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well now that we've got a better idea of how this works what kind of medication do you take to manage this illness? and how, like how frequently do you take it yeah um so i take three different medications i take three. them yeah three different types okay take them twice a day every single day yes it's tiring and yes i forget sometimes yeah but um, the first one i take is something called folate or folic acid mm-hmm. which is basically a vitamin b that makes new red blood cells i forgot to mention before that normal red blood cells usually live for up to 120 days but with sickle cell anemia patients um the red blood cells die only live for between 10 and 20 days oh so you need to to like yeah, supply so yeah that's what folic acid is for to re- regenerate new blood cells mm-hmm. and then i use antibiotics to destroy bacteria um mm. because like i if i have any um infections that could cause me to get sick so like something as slightly as very small as a cold i have to treat immediately mm. otherwise like I, i don't know what the science is behind it but like yeah so i take a lot of antibiotics to help fight off bacteria to prevent infection and then lastly i take something called hydroxyurea <laughs> <laughs> Let me say it again. Say it slowly for the audience. 
hydroxyurea. <laughs> she takes yeah. hydroxyurea. Okay. <laughs> I love that name. Sorry, I just it's a really interesting. Name. But yeah, what does that what does that one do? Anyways, um, it just basically boosts the production of the fetal hemoglobin. Uh-huh. It also prevents the formation of sickle cells. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh yeah. So when you said you said that the folic acid makes more red blood cells, and then that yeah. prevents them from turning into sickle cells. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. That, that, that be or I don't think it can be prevented. Oh, but like, but like slower it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 That's interesting. And yeah. So if you're on all of this medication, what what happens when you? miss a dose like suppose you took it in the morning and you didn't take it that evening mm. are there like some major consequences um okay so if i miss one dose like if i took in the morning and i didn't take in the night nothing's gonna happen yeah. or at least nothing visible or nothing that will be very like physically um draining to me mm-hmm. um the most i've gone without taking the medication has been like six days and oh, that's wow. because got locked out of my house <laughs> I don't know, like i lost i left my keys i accidentally locked myself out in my house keep in mind I live yeah, so like, okay actually at that time i had a roommate and he had traveled okay. and then i went downstairs to go get groceries and then i locked myself out and my medication was inside so like i was like i have to wait for this guy to come back he's we're gonna come back after a week but i ended up sleeping at a friend's house but yeah, the most I've gone is those six days and I fell sick on the sixth day. Mm. Yeah, so I can't go, I think, now the yeah, week without taking medication. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a bit scary, you know. But yeah, so, do you carry them with you then? Um, actually, no, I, I, I've been trying to get, like, my hands on a small dispenser, but I yeah. keep forgetting, like, I usually leave my medication at my friend's house. Um, in Melbourne, I sleep. I'm, sorry? Like just in case you just want to have. It's not like in Melbourne, like especially during the weekend, like I'm never home. So <laughs> I usually like give my medication <laughs> in like my friend's house. Because yeah. I'm usually home during the weekend. So like I'm not going to go home and just take medication. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I try to leave it there, but like I usually forget to carry. Or like if I know like um, I'm gonna be gone for maybe a day, then I have like a small thing, like jar yeah. thing. Maybe just put them there. Fair enough. Yeah, that's that's decent. And since you brought it up that you're you're not at home on the weekend, <laughs> <laughs> what happens if you're drinking? You know, does alcohol have does alcohol like I guess affect your medicine? Because I know a lot of a lot of pills will say don't take this with alcohol or don't drink alcohol two hours after taking this pill. There's, there's yeah. <laughs> what are you making? If you, got, you guys can't see this, but Ruby's making a face. <laughs> What's that face? Please tell I me. I know, like, I, this might sound extremely reckless, but like me, I still drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I would say I, I, tremendously significantly reduced my drinking like linda has been me with me in high school we used to go yeah. out like yeah and i'm not even getting those details but um <laughs> Hi, I used to, I 
<laughs> but she, I think she even knows, but it's okay. Anyways, yeah. Um, yeah, I used to drink a lot more between the ages of like 17 and 19. Like, I used to go crazy, mm-hmm. you know, like not on the floor puking, then, you know, you haven't, <laughs> you haven't drunk enough. Oh, no. <laughs> You're not passed um, out. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. Um, In Melbourne, mm-hmm. my boy just completely challenged me. So I reduced my drinking. I actually stopped for like about maybe 10 to 10 months to a year but then um now i'm just trying to find more responsible ways of drinking because um usually what happens when you drink is that alcohol dehydrates your body yeah yeah so that's actually what causes like me to get sick but like that coupled with cold so what happens when when it's cold outside mm-hmm. your blood vessels shrink so my blood vessel, my, my blood cells already have a problem with moving. So you can imagine like when, when you're cold. Through very small, small passages of blood vessels, yeah. you have to keep warm. And that's what makes me get sick. The fact that like I'm dehydrated, number one. And number two, like my, I'm cold. So my blood vessels have shrunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is, this is also why you don't like swim right because i remember when we were in high school you never used to swim because of getting cold yeah so like when you swim the pool is at a lower temperature than like just the overall temperature outside right so i can see from very abrupt changes in in the temperature so that's what used to make me get sick like um Mm. so if i swam and stayed in the pool for like an hour that may not really like do anything Mm -hmm. but then what triggers me to get sick is like that coming in and out of the pool so like it's warm outside and then you get in, in oh. the pool and then you're going back out so like yeah I think my body can handle like that fluctuation mm-hmm. yeah so that's another trigger that's so interesting wow yeah, so many um, I'm sure of like science, like behind why that happens, like specifically like dehydration. Yeah, but I think I it's, hope- it's what you were saying, like about the the vessels getting smaller when you're cold. Yeah, yeah. Mm. No, I'm just saying dehyd- not getting cold, but like oh, the dehydration. Dehyd- yeah, I think maybe that has to do with oxygen. But anyways, yeah. Probably. <laughs> science, science, yeah. science. We should have a doctor on this podcast. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Do you know any doctors? <laughs> yeah, anyways. Um, for the longest time. Sorry. No, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, for the, the reason why I actually don't know a lot is because I'm genuinely scared. Um, It's very triggering for me sometimes. Mm. So like sometimes I, I try not to even just look. I'm just like, you know, I already know what I need to know. So mm-hmm. I don't know know get into the depths of like everything oh because if you see like some really bad symptoms and stuff you like you don't you yeah. don't know that like not even that but like it's scary yeah even like knowing that the life expectancy of someone who has sickle cell is like 47 that's short that's and it's short scary um yeah and just knowing like small things like drinking alcohol or swimming Mm. or hiking can literally put me in the emergency room that's even more scary because these are things that i actually want to do yeah, you know you have to yeah. 
limit mm, sometimes limit. like i just i literally just block i'm like i don't want to see these things yeah yeah but yeah in terms of those limitations you know like obviously you're a 20 something year old girl you're in college <laughs> you're, you're living your, your young girl life it's hot girl summer I guess Nairobi, it's cold girl winter. I don't know. <laughs> You're in a sweater and I'm here in a vest. But <laughs> anyways, what I'm trying to get at is, you know, how how much do you have to restrict yourself in terms of like activities? Because like you said, hiking and swimming is probably out of question. Yeah. So um, when I was younger, actually I've restricted myself in a lot of things. When I was God, the, the thing I remember first having to give up was swimming. Um, mm-hmm. I loved swimming. But even if I didn't know how to swim, you know, like going to village market with your friends. The slide. The slide, <laughs> splash. It was so much fun, you know. Yeah. But like every single time without fail, I enter the water. I'd go home in tears. Like my body was just pain. So like at the time... I was just like, um, yeah, this is something that my, I just can't do anymore. Even though, obviously, like at that age, I didn't understand why my body was was mm-hmm. doing that. So it kind of feels like you're out, like you're not um, in synchronicity with your own body. Like you yeah. want to do, like, no, you're not going to do that. But yeah, so swimming is our first thing. Um, I gave up alcohol for a bit. Then I now I'm kind of back, um, but like with caution yeah I, I shouldn't let me just say this because i still do this i shouldn't smoke at all uh-huh. <laughs> does, that, I, does that have like a specific effect as well or is it just like the dehydration no so i think because when you smoke you're restricting the amount of oxygen you let in when you inhale mm-hmm. so smoking can cause something called an acute, acute chest syndrome which is basically a lung infection. Um, oh. Yeah, so it, it kind of blocks blood vessels in my lungs, which which can, like, that, like I mean, a lung infection, that's, that's something. Yeah, so I shouldn't do that. Because mm. of, yeah, so drinking, smoking, um, hiking because of, you know, lower oxygen levels, the higher you go. The altitude, yeah. Mm. So swimming because of the, um temperature level mm-hmm. whatever i'm trying to think sports some i'm not good at sports so this one i don't even care but like <laughs> well, what about like gym like just just working. Yeah, okay. so like it depends so people have different triggers so and also it's very good to know your limits mm. so you as a sickle cell anemia patient overexerting yourself in specific um activities can actually make you get sick so like mm-hmm. uh, sorry so um just limiting the amount of activities you do but I still work out but like I just don't do it like you know like extensively like I do very what is it modified workouts yeah okay like, like a standing yeah. workout like not not the yeah, like instead of like going for a jog like I could go for a walk so oh. that I don't exert my body or like deplete mm-hmm. energy um because mm-hmm. then again like you know i'm losing red blood cells really quickly so that's anemia that's like basically anemia yeah i'm getting quicker than other people 
so like overexciting myself I shouldn't do that um yeah that those from the top of my head that's that's those are the things that I can think of is that like food stuff that you're recommending because I know anemia they tell you to eat stuff that has a lot of iron yeah so is that so, like, like liver <laughs> liver <laughs> but i don't eat it that frequently but yeah your record like just basically a lot of lots of fruits and veggies yeah and things that build your iron just basically like clean eating but you know me sometimes like again i know this sounds very reckless but no i love chips like chips is like no i don't think you understand like chips is like my favorite food so I eat chips. We need to say their favorite food. It's a meal, but you're just saying chips. <laughs> like I can, I can eat chips plain with tomato sauce and salt. That's it, and I'll be good. And that's dinner. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> what? <laughs> but anyways, yeah, like obviously, like this, you're told to eat like whole foods. Let me just say that, but. Mm-hmm. On occasion, I eat McDonald's and KFC and stuff like that. But generally, my I think my my diet is good. I try to, okay. There's obviously sometimes I fall back a little bit, but I try to eat like fruits and veggies mm-hmm. and a bit more like healthy. Yeah, and you cook a lot. I feel like every time we start on the phone, you're cooking. Yeah, even spicy. so, I feel like. But mainly, I don't cater to like healthy stuff. I cater to like my cravings. So if I feel like eating like chicken and rice then i'll cook chicken and rice and i'll forget to like add veggies yeah yeah, yeah. i feel that <laughs> chips oh god <laughs> i mean i don't get me wrong i like i like chips but it's not that deep <laughs> like it's, it's really like I, I think even two months can pass and i'm not had chips and i won't even think about it like it's, it's not that deep at all <laughs> but yeah i mean I guess the next natural question along that line is what about the people around you? So if you're, if you hang out with your friends and maybe they drink a little bit more, do you, is something that you let them know? Like, Hey, I have to cap it at this. So they don't come pouring shots into your mouth <laughs> or, or something like, Hey, I can't go hiking because of this. Like, is this some, like, when do you actually tell your friends and your like partners or, employers or even your teacher do you have to tell your teachers actually is that that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you almost you almost said it <laughs> we're gonna cut right there okay in high school <laughs> yeah in high school um, that my my what is it called the nurse the school nurse knew mm-hmm. and then I think she told the teachers but like if I would have conversation with teachers and I would tell them like yeah this is what happens and yeah blah, blah, blah. I wouldn't even think my teachers knew until yeah. um I was called up yeah unless I was actually sick mm-hmm. but the people I tell I only tell close friends like this this even talking about this right here is whew, because not a lot of people know I yeah. only tell my close friends and um what is it called family members yeah I, I don't tell acquaintances i don't tell colleagues yeah but the point in which i tell these people is um okay so i learned the hard way there was actually a time where we had gone out with some of my friends and i was telling them like guys me i can't drink like i'll, I'll legit get sick yeah 
But you know, like at some point I was like, you know what? Let me just do it this one time. Yeah. So I ended up getting really, really drunk. Yeah. And I've told the story before, but like by four, it was 4 a.m. to 5 a.m. I was in the emergency room. Like I'm not even playing with you guys. But like to some extent, that was a blessing in disguise because saying it like to your friends, like you guys are get sick. Mm-hmm. And actually them witnessing what happens is two very different things. Because, you know, I realized that day, for people who don't have like chronic illnesses, getting sick is something small. Like mm-hmm. it's just a cold, like just a stomachache. You will take this medicine and you'll be fine after like a few hours. Yeah. But for me, is huge. Like I can't fuck around. You, you have know? to go to the hospital. It's not just yeah. a pharmacy. Yeah. So when I say like I get I'll get sick, I, I didn't realize that I didn't realize that at the time, but like they didn't understand what I meant. Yeah. I thought you were saying like you throw up or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like you say, oh, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. And I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And then I was in the hospital and they were like, guy, like, I am so sorry for this. And I'm like, first of all, it's not even your fault. It's my fault. You know, like I should have been like a bit more assertive. But yeah, that happened. Yeah. Um, the partners, I try to tell my partners like before we actually get exclusive. Like, so like, if I'm going on dates with this guy and I feel like, yeah, this could lead to something. Like I'll sit down. Yeah. Mm. Like not just casual, but like I'll sit them down and tell them, yeah, this is what I have and this is what happened. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, cool. That's fine. Yeah, but again, it's the same thing. Like telling them is yeah. one thing, but them actually witnessing it is. Right. It's but I was fortunate enough to actually have formally dated someone who actually like took it seriously uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like because i get sometimes um you know placing like you, you might feel like you're burdening someone but yeah because you do end up needing like physical help when you're in pain yeah yeah because I, I remember you mentioned that in a previous actually i remember in high school there was a time that you were feeling really unwell and we did have to help you but again, yeah. I was so young. I didn't understand. Like, I just, yeah, I was no like. Understand. But even grown-ups don't understand because they're like, what? Like, what is going on? Because yeah. I can't, I can't do basic things. Like, when I get sick, I can't even brush my teeth. Like, oh. <laughs> I can't brush, I can't eat. I can't feed myself. I can't drink. Like, I cannot lift up a glass of water. Um, There's a lot that I can't do. So I need a lot of like physical help like someone to help me drink or like someone to help me go to the toilet yeah like put on a shirt like yeah very basic things like i need a lot of help hi listeners so clearly ruby and i had quite a bit to talk about so i decided to split this episode into two parts so part two will be coming out next week In the meantime, thank you so much for listening and don't forget to subscribe and share and leave a rating or something. I don't know. Yeah, all the nice podcast things and I'll see you next week. Bye.